welcome back to Simmering Thoughts, where we serve up slow-cooked thinking on Christian life and theology. I'm the host, Ryan Akers, and I want to thank you for listening to this program. This season on Simmering Thoughts, we are looking at discipleship. Specifically, we're looking at how the book of James helps guide someone on a discipleship journey. How are we shaped by the text? How does the text challenge us and move us forward toward growth in Christ? So sit back, settle in, and enjoy this episode of Simmering Thoughts. Welcome back to Simmering Thoughts. My name is Ryan Akers, and I'm the host of this program, and I am joined today by one of my Twitter friends. I'm not going to share his name just yet, but what I will say is this is someone who uh, I look up to on Twitter uh, as someone who demonstrates what it looks like to be a mature Christian in social media. Uh, And for those of you who've been listening to my podcast for very long, that's where most of my guests come through is through social media interactions. And I try to, to choose people that I trust and folks that have demonstrated wisdom uh, and have demonstrated uh, really just the the marks of a true Christian that, that it shines through in their interactions. And so I'm going to hand the microphone over to my friend here, and he is going to introduce himself. Uh, and then we're going to jump into the book of James with a focus on discipleship. Okay. Well, thank you, Ryan. Uh, for having me. So my name is Chris Hutchinson. Um, just uh, I'm 56 years old and uh, grew up kind of white, suburban, middle class, and uh, went to college, spent a few years in the Army, married my wife right out of college. We have two two grown daughters. One of them um, uh, coaches opera, believe it or not. Oh, cool. Pianist. Yeah. And one of them is uh, getting her MFA in photography. So they're both creative. Um, and I've been a pastor for about 20, 27 years. I got fired out of my first church. So if you count that one, 27 years <laughs> or ordained 25 or so, um, I started off as an associate pastor, which I loved and, uh, have been here in Blacksburg, Virginia as a senior pastor for the past 18 years or so. Um, and then the only other thing I'll add, just because sometimes we put our identity in our career or family just uh, for the past five years i've been struggling with chronic illness so that's Mm. you know you want to have these different identifiers and i've just been learning to identify more publicly as with with weakness and not shying away from from that so well i'm i'm uh doing the same thing only mine is in adhd mine has Mm. progressively gotten much worse in the last decade or so uh it's changed it's not maybe not worse but it's changed how it manifests and so Life has changed considerably, uh, and that's kind of kind of what I expect going forward is it's going to continue mm. to change. So yeah. uh, I understand that that uh, changing in how you conceive yourself, uh, having just changed careers, I'm not uh, a full-time music teacher anymore. I'm, I'm now teaching uh, a variety of different classes at a private Christian school, and I'm now in ministry, which I wasn't in the previous iteration of the podcast. And so uh, change is... Uh, one of those things that kind of comes with the territory of being human. 
and we often don't want that. So <laughs> I want it to stay the same for a few weeks, but that doesn't work. So, uh, well, welcome, Chris. It is wonderful to have you on. Uh, as I said earlier, you're somebody that I, I look up to and, and have been watching for a long time on Twitter and interacting with. Um, so we're going to dive in. We are in this series looking at the book of James. And for today, we're looking at chapter 3, verse 13 all the way through chapter 4, verse 12. Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above, but the wisdom from above, is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without pretense. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Or do you think it's without reason that the scripture says, The spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. If you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? As we look at this passage, we have a variety of different um, encouragements that comes from James as well as warnings. And so what I want to do is just ask a simple question. How does all of this point us toward discipleship? So uh, instead of being necessarily about the, you know, we think in our current culture so much about discipleship being one-on-one or small Mm. groups, um, but this is discipleship through the word. And so mm-hmm. what is it here that that pulls us and draws us toward following after Christ more clearly? Yeah, what a what a great question. Um I like what you said this is at the in the heart of James and you know some people believe James is a collection of more or less random wisdom sayings that he put together strung together without a lot of logic and I've always taken the view that he was making a sustained argument mm-hmm. uh, about the role of faith leading to humility towards others, but beginning with God. So as far as discipleship, everything in this text is about relationships, right? Which 
kind of like the rest of scripture, but but he's it's just there's lots of conflict in this passage. And there and he's directing us one way or the other. You're either going towards peace and humility towards God, or you're going towards pride and conflict and following the ways of the world and the devil. There's there's is a, this passage a big dividing line, and so people always have. So as far as discipleship, it's part of being part of a community. And when you enter into conflict, you you then have a choice: which way am I going to go? Mm -hmm. Am I going to humble myself before the Lord and be raised up by Him, or am I going to fight and win and just cause more strife? So it's it's really a key passage, and everyone can relate to this passage. There's a, a clear knife edge that that's presented in, in this particular mm -hmm. passage, especially you know, right, right off the start. Um, you know, by your conduct, you show that you have wisdom. Mm -hmm. And by your conduct, you also show that you don't have wisdom. If and, and the the diagnostics that he gives uh are are there's no uh, pulled punches. It's pretty pretty much right there in your nose. Uh right. and and so you know, as a, if somebody's approaching this in their own private study time, um, mm -hmm. as they are uh, trying to make the the transmission from you know the 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 engine of the word, how do we get that that transmitted into our life? Uh, and and if you're if someone's not in a discipleship relationship with somebody else, mm -hmm. you know, let's say you're just a you're a church member, but you're not really engaged in that depth. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you know the the keys in here especially let's look at the the chunk there in chapter three what are the keys that mm -hmm. are pointing us toward being able to diagnose self great great question so i i think the first very practical thing for an individual is simply to memorize verses 17 through 18 that's it the same way we'd memorize the beatitudes or the fruit of the spirit or the chapter on love in first corinthians 13 I think this is one of those key Christian life passages that ought to be well-known and memorized by adults, by children across the church. We we use it often as a confession of faith in our church, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Um, not often, but a couple times a year. Yeah. So just, just letting those verses, to, the wisdom from above, what is it? What is this? Is, is this what my life looks like? Is first pure, then peaceable gentle, open to reason or reasonable. I'm, I'm reading the ESV here. Um, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial. So you don't take sides. So if a friend sins, you tell him it's sin. And mm -hmm. Even though he's your friend. And then sincere. And then what is that going to look like? So here's the, you asked, what's the diagnostic? In general, knowing that none of us are perfect in general, as you look back on your life, is there a harvest of righteousness? What a wake is the way I like, look at the wake of your life. Mm. Is there righteousness and peace or is there jealousy and ambition and conflict and disorder? That's verse 16. Mm -hmm. It's well, also and, the, yeah. it's also the beginning of verse four that follows right off of it. So, mm. you know, if you're not seeing this, if you're not seeing the peace, if you're not cultivating peace, what's the opposite of that? Well, it's wars and fighting. And so it jumps right into, okay, where is mm. that coming from then? So the wisdom, right. you have that, that uh, interplay between the wisdom from above versus the wisdom 
that's not from above the the wisdom that's from our passions and mm-hmm. our uh, uh uh the 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 war of of within ourselves right and uh it it almost is a nod to uh, Romans seven, or at least there's a, a a clear nod to be made there. If you were teaching this or preaching it, mm-hmm. to to have that war that's waging within us. Well, that's that is Romans seven in a nutshell, mm-hmm. and so we have all of these things that you're trying to do. And and to me, one of the things that shows up is the selfishness. Uh, I was teaching this mm-hmm. with our teenagers uh, a little while ago. We we've been. Uh, every once in a while I substitute in our morning meeting where there's a, a 15 minute Bible reflection time. Mm-hmm. And so I've been walking through James a little bit with them. And this passage struck me as so much as you describe what it looks like to follow Christ. It's a putting off of self. It's that selfishness, all the descriptors that we have, the fruit of the spirit, every one of them is outward focused. We go look at this. Every one of these is an outward focus rather than an inward focus. Mm. Uh, and, and it's relational rather than selfish. And you look at the other stuff and what is it you're, uh, you look at chapter four there, you know, our mm-hmm. passions are waging war within us. We desire. So that's a selfish mm-hmm. thing and we don't get it. Then we murder and covet because we can't have the thing we want. And mm-hmm. so again, that's, that's trying to draw everything within ourselves rather than to push out into others. That's right. Yep. Yeah. That's very well stated. You're thinking about yourself. And if you're thinking about yourself, then when, when there is friction, it's mm-hmm. going to cause quarrels because you're not getting your way. But if you're thinking about serving others, then you don't get your way, but you're happy for the other person. Um, and, and I think the other thing we don't want to just write off, uh, it, it's all, this is the world, the flesh and the devil. But the wisdom from below, back to chapter three, verse 15, he says is actually demonic. So right. So just being aware that there are forces around that are trying to cause us to hate one another. Um, and and the the other way I would apply this is you're is you're doing some self-reflection and some introspection, and you're seeing some friction in your life. Give yourself some grace. We're right. not in heaven yet. <laughs> and, and being sincere is is the key here. And Paul says in Romans 12 as much as it is possible with you, be at peace with all men. But you've got to realize some relationships probably are not going to get restored perfectly until right until the other side of the grave. And that that's okay. It's it's more looking at the general pattern of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well uh, and the um I think also it's not necessarily the this this passage reflects individual relationships, but it's also general stance. Mm. especially I see this, we see it on social media constantly. We see it in, Mm. uh, in the daily news, as we look at how culture is working right now. And there is a general stance of combativeness, um, whether you're within the church or those that are standing against the church, there's a combativeness there. Uh, Mm -hmm. one of the, one of the, uh, patterns that's, that's developed in the last, what, 25, 30 years is, uh, we we've seen the pattern of the, the angry atheist is the, is the picture the the stereotype that has, uh, come to, to be, uh, almost a shorthand. And that is, is not a good thing. And, but we also have a similar thing happening, uh, within the church or within those who name themselves among the church, that there's a, a posture of combativeness rather mm-hmm. than allowing that conflict is going to come. 
they go and try to create the conflict. Right. And, oh yeah. And that's such a huge difference. That's something that I've uh, had to change in the classroom. This is one of the things I struggle with sometimes is that idea of why am I having this conflict? Is this because I'm trying to make myself the center of the room or is this mm. because somebody else is trying to take the center of the room? And if it is, am I trying to keep myself there? Right. Uh, what right do I have is one of the questions I have. What, what right do I have to the center of the room right now? Do I have, <laughs> do I have an expertise here? Do I have mm -hmm. a position of authority or am I just one of several people that are here in this conversation? And that that's mm -hmm. changed the way I approach uh, situations as a, as a child, my parents used to often point out to me that I demanded the attention of the room sometimes even before I entered it, uh, you know, that I was the kid who would start talking in the hallway loud enough that everybody knew I was coming in the room and would always, you know, pull the attention directly to me. Uh, and so I'm, I'm especially sensitive to that uh, because I catch myself doing it. That's good that you catch yourself. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Right. The, one of the questions I wanted to ask is, uh, in terms of your own discipleship, so not just in a, in a general sense, mm -hmm. but in a very personal sense, uh, how has this passage, uh, in, has it driven your discipleship individually, mm -hmm. uh, either over time or if there's just a short time period, a, a particular set of events that you want to relate, something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've already touched upon it. You know, as a pastor, I deal with people's lives and family messes and conflicts and mm -hmm disappointments and really this chapter four verse 10 is the key humble yourself before the lord and he will exalt you or up to verse six quoting proverbs three god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble so just constantly telling them to die to themselves life is hard they're not going to get all their passions fulfilled they're not going to get all their desires fulfilled um, the recognition at work, uh, uh, literally sometimes physical needs, um, he the the health that they necessarily or think they want or need. So your primary, even though you're in conflict with others, your primary relationship is with the Lord. Yeah. Constantly lower yourself and say, what what can I do to be more like Christ today? And he will exalt you. See, that's the, for me, the hard thing is believing that second part of the promise. He will exalt you. And I want it by the end of the day. Right. Five o'clock, you know, and often it's, it takes weeks, months, years, sometimes, and sometimes ultimately this will not be fulfilled until uh, the resurrection. Yeah. And having the faith to wait until then. Yeah, there's an echo of of uh, he who would be first must be last and the servant of all in that Amen. in that yeah. passage and uh yeah that that's a hard one especially when you're in a leadership position that's a really hard one to uh remember and to to keep practicing it is uh, I, I caught in there was i don't know why it had never hit me before but as we're discussing i see the word you double-minded in verse eight and it mm -hmm. didn't register to me that that there is a a comment back in chapter one on the double-minded, mm -hmm. uh, the 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 idea of the doubter that is being tossed and driven by the sea. Why is that 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 person shouldn't expect to receive wisdom from the Lord because they're double-minded and they're mm -hmm. unstable? Uh, and I think that's that 
that instability that we have when we're double-minded that that we can't get off the knife's edge um as we're as we're being made whole in christ mm-hmm. we come off of that knife's edge and i i it's the storms that we do hit we're not driven and tossed by them we're able to weather them a whole lot right. more easily and and that just hadn't quite hit uh before i don't know why i've even got it underlined here in my my daily bible yeah. And I should have caught that, but at least it didn't, I may have caught it, but I didn't remember catching it. Yeah. Uh, There's a few things like that. Uh, And it's, uh, it's one of those passages that there are so many call outs to other places. That's the, I think a lot of people hear that in James and they note that he's quoting from everywhere. And that's where that idea you had mentioned, there are a lot of folks who just think it's a hodgepodge, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's, it, it's a, a set order and logic in this that flows from one point to the next, uh, but it takes time to see it. You can't just read it three times and think you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with James over the years and it's, it's every time I come through it, there's a connection that I find somewhere else in yep. scripture, whether that's because I've learned other scripture better or because I'm hearing it better with James, mm-hmm. uh, those connections come up and, um, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think we this is, don't want to get beyond this text too much, but I think chapter one, the first 12 verses set the tone for the rest of the book. And the rest yeah. of the book is an exposition of those first um, 12 verses or so. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the other thing is just a thought is I, I'm also noticing something. So verse, the connection between verse eight and verse 10 is something preachers don't want to preach. Yeah. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. So why why would we want to dis, you know why would we want to discourage people? Well, because we're still in the humiliation process at that point. Yeah. This is still before the confession of sin. This is while somebody is still double-minded and still worldly and selfish. We don't want them laughing too soon. We don't want them singing joyfully too soon. Uh, I think a Puritan, I forget which one, said, uh, when you're convicted of sin, don't tear the bandage off the wound too early. Mm. Let let the healing do its work. So yeah. often when I deal with people with crisis situations, it's the wisdom of letting them hit rock bottom without me trying to catch them. Follow that? Yes. So, I mean, I could be very specific with those with substance abuse issues, alcoholics. You love them. God bless them. They're wrestling. They're struggling. They're, it's it's chemical. But if you keep rescuing them every day, they're not going to hit this place of just being wretched and mourning and weeping and 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 letting God lift them up. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, that's one of the hardest hardest things to do is to let the Holy Spirit do his convicting work and and not stepping in too soon. Yeah. Really hard to know. Um, so we have to pray too. We have to humble. As leaders, we have to pray. As disciplers, you want to first do no harm. <laughs> yes. So, so we have to pray. We have to humble ourselves. Lord, please let me help this person. I don't know. I'm not as wise as I think I am. Um, so we humble ourselves as well. So. Mm. We'll have to sit on that one for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a depth in there. Uh, so what I'm going to do is pivot then to a different question. Mm-hmm. And okay. that is, you know, we talked about how it's impacted um, 
uh, in a, in something that has come to you, but I'm curious in some, in what is a way that you have struggled to get through the discipleship process with this passage? Uh, what's something that just trip you up along the way? Uh, share as much as you'd like on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty introspective and I'm pretty empathetic and feel conflict pretty easily and hate it when people are mad at me and I've lost my temper from time to time. Um, and so, and it is pretty, it's rare when I lose my temper, but it's, it does damage. Right. Yeah. Um, and if it's too often, so, so I'm, I'm, so I'm, I wrestle with back to chapter three, verses 13 through 17. What's my life look like? And am I the cause? And I've had to, and especially through the COVID years, everyone's noted that churches have split apart and everyone's yeah. kind of lost their mind since <laughs> 2016 or so in the conservative Christian world and, and generally. So I've had to give myself some grace and say, all right, some of it is because I need to be more gentle and more godly. That is true. But some of it is is just people with strong personalities going to clash. And mm-hmm. I have one. And so that's more um, just a, a matter of being human than a matter of sin necessarily. And then also, um, again, just just realizing sometimes the other people are wrong. And I, I know you're not supposed to say that at first. You've got to do introspection and say, Lord, is it I? You know, like when right. Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. All the apostles, uh, maybe maybe not Jude, Judas, but all of them said, Lord, is it me? So you should do that. But then you can also say, actually, this other person is 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 more the problem and you get advice you make sure it's not you and then you need to have wisdom to to, to pray for them and, and and move on so it's been hard i mean i think it's been hard for a lot of pastors and a lot of churches just people with very strong opinions about mm-hmm. everything from politics to race to masking to um uh to actually a lot of mental health issues and how to properly deal with that um so you don't have to always blame yourself there's there's other factors going on as well yeah and it's easy when when it's hard to know when to point the finger which direction oh, very hard. so often it's easy to point at others first but when you point at yourself it's hard to to figure out when to switch that uh, yeah and, and to, to yeah that i've already run over this road enough and i've seen yeah. all that there is here and i know where the potholes are now what else is going wrong yeah yeah. And, uh, yeah. And actually, yeah, this, per- whether it's on social media or real life, this person is trying to gaslight me. They are <laughs> trying to, to make me doubt my own uh, eyes and ears. And I'm allowed to say no to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that kind of leads me into, uh, the, the, what's going to end up being probably our last question. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, as we approach discipleship, so much of it happens through the process of prayer and the work of the Holy spirit and, mm-hmm. uh, how we read scripture. And so I'm curious in this particular passage and the, the lists here, and we're probably going to end up re- repeating some of the road we've already been on, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this look like in prayer? How can we approach mm-hmm. the Lord in prayer specifically in hopes of, 
growing in discipleship, growing in Christ likeness through this passage? What a, yeah, what a great question. And I love it because it's spiritually oriented. You know, I've been talking about some of the practical stuff um, as far as conflict resolution, but praying through it, Lord, give me wisdom from above. So not to get mystical, but opening yourself up heaven towards the heaven for the Holy Spirit to pour himself into you and flushing out all the gunk that comes from below. So I, I think that's one thing is just literally praying for that. Um, I think as we talked, verse 6 and verse 10, Lord, help me to humble myself before you. Help me to trust that you will exalt me. I think praying introspectively about the things. Well, I mean, he says so. You, you're you fighting because you're not asking. <laughs> yep. and, you're not, and you don't receive because you ask wrongly. So literally praying, Lord, I do want better health, but thy will, not my will be done. Help me not to become sinful in my desire. Um, so, But asking, God, please provide. Give me strength day by day to do the things you call me to. Those are, those are good things to ask for. Mm-hmm. Lord, make me a better servant. Give the, So just literally asking for the things you need, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's relational, whether it's in terms of a healthy church, whatever it is, you can ask for them. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus will perfect those prayers. He loves us. And so believing that, um, and that helps settle our hearts, right? That helps mm-hmm. settle our hearts so that we're less angry at the people around us that we think are the obstacles. Mm. We're trusting the Lord to provide. It reminds me of a post I, I repost every once in a while. I thought that I've had uh, multiple times, but I, I put it in in the phrase of it's, it's really hard to hear well. It's really hard to mm-hmm. hear from the Lord well. It's hard to hear from each other well. When our ears are buzzing with anger or frustration or envy or any of these things, when, when we're buzzing on, when, when that, that's churning in our minds, it's so hard to rest mm-hmm. and to be in the Lord. And you don't listen well when you're mm-hmm. not resting in the Lord. And oh, uh, it's looking at verse eight, chapter four, verse eight, you know, to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. That's that's Amen. part of that is to to rest in him and to seek him. And, you know, the, the invert of that's right before it with Satan, that mm-hmm. we are to resist Satan and mm-hmm. he will flee. Um, and, and it's, it's so easy, especially when we've been hurt, especially when there's a sore spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so easy to stop listening and start talking, uh, mm-hmm. before it's time. That's, you know, again, you, you mentioned James's, what is it in verse 19, be yep. quick to, ang- quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, once again, drawing the the whole unity of the of the work together. That's right. Yeah. Um, so there's this particular thing for prayer. I for me, it also shows up in not seeking out necessarily prayers against other people. I know we have the imprecatory prayers back in the mm. Psalms, but how much work am I doing in prayer? beforehand toward myself mm-hmm. um and and you know am i is it possible that if i'm in somebody else's shoes that they're going to be praying the imprecatory prayers against me am <laughs> i am i behaving in a way that i deserve mm-hmm. those prayers 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I am, Lord, show me because I don't mm-hmm. want to be the reason that someone else is cursing me. Uh, yeah. you know, if you're going to curse me because I'm following after God, okay, all day long. But if I'm the one causing it, you know, let's mm-hmm. not let that be my fault. Yeah. No, that's a, I was just thinking about David and Shemai, if I'm saying his yeah. name correctly. That you just said it. You just said the story, right? Shemai curses David, and David says, "Leave him alone." This is from the Lord. So, David was close to the Lord at that point. He had repented, but he refused to take vengeance on the person cursing him, and just said, "I will, mm. I will draw near to the Lord and leave Shemai to to God." So, having that kind of wisdom towards others, especially on social media, where you barely know the people, right? Um, give them grace. You're if you're not their father you're not their pastor you don't have to fix them all um and even if you are their father or pastor you can't fix as that's I told, right that's exactly i told right. someone discipleship's like pushing a rope you just it doesn't work real well when you're <laughs> when you're trying to make people better I, there um, was always the elementary student in class every class has one or two or ten that thinks they're the policeman of the classroom or the mother of the classroom and Every time anybody breaks a rule, except for them, they always tell you about it. And it got to the point with some classes that I would look at the particular child and say, okay, show me your badge. If you're going to be the policeman, show me your badge that, that you're allowed to do this. Uh, or And with some of them, I would just simply look at them and say, you're not mom. And- it's not your job. And apparently you said that from the hall on the way into the classroom. They knew you were, they knew you were coming. They, yeah, who police, sometimes. Who polices the police? That's yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's a great question, you know, and, and that's where we're supposed, if we're going to put ourselves there, we have to police ourselves first. Amen. Yeah. And well that's put. the, that's the hard part. Uh, and really that's almost where the passage ends, ends, right? If you judge mm-hmm. the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, when we're taking that point to, Uh, correct others we're taking the law up into our hands and it's really hard to correct someone else when you're wielding the law as opposed to when you just hold the law and let them see it yeah there's it's it's a huge difference in how well we hear correction yeah and that that brings us back to chapter 2 verse 13 and maybe i don't good place for me to end because i love this verse i think it's in my twitter bio actually Hmm. chapter 2 verse 13 judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy mercy triumphs over judgment so uh as far as our attitude towards others um yes there's right and there's wrong but god has shown us mercy and and that should be our primary attitude towards others mercy Mm. not judgment that's uh even the the words of Christ that he desires uh, sacrifice instead of judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the sacrifice is me giving up me, uh, Mm. me giving up self, me taking up my cross. Mm -hmm. And that's a a sacrifice of praise that we can give to the Lord. It's a spiritual sacrifice. That's, that's honoring to God. When we do that, that is is no better place to end it than right there. Uh, And so Chris, I want to say thank you for joining us for the, the episode. And uh, maybe someday we'll have you back on for another one. I don't know where where the podcast is going from this point after this series, but uh, uh, I know I'm enjoying this one, even as, as new as it is for me getting back into things Uh, the, the really looking forward to seeing where it ends up. I want to say thank you again. uh, And 
I know that you have a book out on humility. I've not yet read it. So I wanted, before we ended, I wanted to give you a chance to, to plug that for just a minute or so. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, you can, it's, you can just Google my name, Chris Hutchinson and humility, and it's not going to talk about me. It's going to talk about the book. Cause I, yeah. as I put in the introduction, someone had to write it. So might as well be an average proud person. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what to say. You can look it up. It's on Amazon. It's on New Growth Press. I'm very gratified that they took a risk on me. It's my first and only book. And uh, I think it's been well-received. Um, and it's got been translated into Portuguese, which I was excited about. Oh, cool. By an Assemblies of God group, actually, uh, down in Brazil. So, yeah. I, and it, it, we, I talk about this passage a good bit. So yeah. the, the only other thing I'll say about the book is it's got a scripture index in the back. So <laughs> if you want to, there's a, someone said there's a lot of Bible in this book. So that's good. I, I've heard really good things about it through uh, uh, folks that we know online and I, it's on my to-do list and, but that list is taller than I am. So yes, I'm a I little understand. behind. Uh, I understand. So it is there. I, I'm looking forward to it, uh, but I wanted to have a chance for everybody to hear about that. And if, if you've got some reading time, uh, and the the idea of studying humility is something that that you would uh, find yourself in need of or interested in. Uh, I understand this is a fantastic resource. So uh, encourage you to go check that out. Thank you all for listening uh, to this week's episode of Simmering Thoughts. And we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day in the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Simmering Thoughts. You can find us online with your favorite social media at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also email us at simmeringthoughts at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these episodes. With that in mind, if you enjoyed what you heard, please go to your favorite podcast catcher and like and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.